Hello, everyone. I am uh, Claudio Murgan, the host of the Spiritually Inspired uh, podcast. And uh, my uh, guest today is Rainy Marie Hailey. Uh, we had uh, Rainy a while back, and uh, this is a follow-up uh, interview. So Rainy is a lawyer by training, receiving her GED from the University of Texas and her BA in English from uh, Baylor University. Rainey's own journey to authenticity began 20 years ago after graduating from one of the nation's top law schools and embarking on a career as a corporate attorney. With a growing sense of dissatisfaction and happiness and a gut feeling that something was, wasn't right, Rainey left the practice of law to discover authentic calling. Inspired by the works of famous authors, lightworkers, and psychics, such as Lee Hay, Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, Don Miguel Ruiz, Rainey has become an avid student of metaphysics since 1995 and a skilled interdimensional communicator since 2003. Her work centered around the power of the imagination, identifying innovative thought as fundamental to the expansion of our collective reality and essential for bridging the current human experience to the next era. Rainey believes that it is time for the next generation of spiritual visionaries to step forward. She's the author of Divine Macroverse, The Water Code, Soul Family, and several children's books. Uh, Rainey, thank you very much for um, joining me again. Thank you, Claudio. It's so nice to be here. And thank you for your beautiful whale background. I love thank it. <laughs> thank you. You're one of my uh, first guests back in um, April 2020, like almost three years ago. And it seems like totally different uh, lifetime. A lot of things happen in your life, in my life. So we'll go through them uh, slowly. Uh, I mean, you publish more books, you travel a lot. Um, how these last two years um, um, changed you? Well, you know, I think, I think for me, and I, and, I, and I think maybe it might be true for other people too, but it's just been this time of really, you know, the whole pandemic and the whole um, seeing freedom you know, really under fire and really not having access to truth. You know what I mean? Like in the media and all these things, it's like, those are my two fundamental, you know, my divine macroverse was written about freedom and the water code was written about truth. And it's like, you know, those are two things that we really are, are seeing conflicts in our lives right now. And these are fundamental human rights, fundamental rights that we have as souls. And, um, and so it's, it's been on the one hand, really difficult. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, earlier, like sometimes just saying, I'm done, I can't do this. It's too hard, you know, on the one hand, but on the other hand, seeing that we're making these, you know, two steps forward, one step back, we're, we're making progress we're continuing to evolve and grow as a society and hopefully making this leap into uh, a more aware, more advanced, more evolved, more compassionate humanity. Um, that's what I hope that this whole pandemic and everything has done for people is really narrowed down people's vision to say, what am I doing with my life? You know, like is what I'm doing with my life right now going to matter when I'm on my deathbed. And if it's not scrap it, that's all that matters right now. You know, it's like everything else is just, 
it's just falling away and only the realist of the real remains, kind of, if that makes sense. Yes, and in fact, in preparation for this interview, I um, watched our previous interview from April 2020, and it ended with you talking about freedom. Um, and people don't understand how important this concept, a tangible concept, uh, freedom is, because without freedom of moving, without freedom of expressing, expressing ourselves, we are nobody. We are just, you know, physical bodies moving left to right, uh, serving other people through, through work and nothing else. I mean, I, I realize that there are so many places on earth I would like to, to travel and, um, and bask into, you know, the, the God's uh, amazing creativity on, on this earth. And I might not be able to do that um, looking at what's happening in Canada, in other countries in the world, like Australia, New Zealand. Um, we are being stopped for, from um, traveling, from uh, our freedom is being cut off right now. It, and it's so, it's such a, the <laughs> fundamental right of, of existence, you know, is, is freedom and not having that. I think it causes people to feel like, well, if I don't have freedom, what am I even doing here? You know, I mean, I feel like there's like this, there's almost like this mass exodus about to happen, you know, because people are just done. They're like, I'm, I'm not going to play this game anymore. And, um, you know, it's just what it's done for us is it's really put, like you're saying, freedom in the forefront of all of our minds. And, and I think a real, like, deep understanding of what it means to be free. You know, what that means is freedom of thought, freedom of expression, freedom to be individuals. And all of these things are, we're finding are kind of like, wait, we've never had that freedom before. It's kind of, it's crashing in on us a little. And so um, this earth experience is, I, I think we're at a very pivotal point because it's, it's coming. It feels like it's coming crashing down around us. Yes, and the misconception uh, on uh, on a lot of people is that if they comply with the law, with the government, they will have freedom without understanding that in fact their freedom or what they their concept of freedom is being is becoming narrower and narrower every single day when they say yes instead of saying no and pushing back, and it will come to a point where will be too late for them to understand that they lost everything other than the right of feeding themselves and having potentially a job, if that job will be available to them. Well, there's one thing I know, and that is, and I feel you're probably this way too, is like, I did not come into this body to be a slave. Like that was not the plan. So, so I really, really believe in my heart of hearts, there's something that's going to liberate us from this whole thing. Like, I feel like we're on the precipice of either maybe a mass awakening to, Hey, we're in this, we're trapped in this, this experiment, you know, and coming to realization about, wait, our freedoms can never be taken from us ever, ever, ever can never on a, on a soul level. So I think we're coming to this point where if enough people wake up, maybe we could crash the system. Maybe we can break this matrix, you know? And so it's exciting because that's because the frustration is building within us. And I think it's coming to a point of explosion in some way. Yes. Um, 
And, you know, when we talk back in 2020, you're not quite open about the um, concept of uh, walk in soul. You are still kind of maybe shy to really put it out there, uh, yep. not to be labeled in any way. So can you yep. please, I think this is the time for you to really it's come, come out. I know. <laughs> It's um, well, and it's interesting because it's like it's such a key part of my story. And, you know, when I try to explain my story of having an awakening in 2003, it's like if you really want to go into depth and in what happened in 2003, you know, it's this constant um, peeling of the onion to become more and more authentic, to reveal more and more of who I am. And I think people have, you know, it's kind of this fear of like, am I going to be judged? Am I going to get locked in a padded room? Is it some cellular memory that we have of being burned at the stake as a witch or what have you? So um, I, my story was already weird enough. You know, it's like, okay, you channel councils and all this, you know, it's like now you're, you got to tell people that you had a mature soul exchange. Like people can't handle that rainy, you know? And what I, what happened to me, in 2020 and through that whole pandemic stuff was that I just realized I have to be my most authentic self and being an alien or whatever you want to call it and walking into this body, participating in a mature soul exchange is what happened to me. And I just realized like, Rainy, you've got to come forward and you've got to talk about that because you're not the only one that this has happened to. There are others out there who are waiting to hear from someone else who's been through this. People who maybe have had some experiences, they're trying to figure out what's going on. I'm not the only walk-in on this planet. So um, it was, it was out of a feeling that there's there are people who might need to hear my story that caused me to have the courage to come forward and write it down in my book and just you know be open about it and start talking about it so yeah we had just had that interview and i was still you know not ready to come forward with it all and it was like boom it all just came coming just came out of me the rest of 2020 as i took the shaman class with Mally and, you know, soul family came through and it just was time to the story completely and fully and really stand behind it. So I'm glad that I did. And I appreciate you, you know, asking me about it. It means a lot. And it's interesting because there is a TV series on, on Netflix uh, talking about these uh, walking souls. They come with a specific, um, uh, mission and they have their own teams with a leader and they have to prevent certain events um, tragic events in um, in the world on, on earth so um, these things uh, looks like those uh, people or directors uh, putting together these uh, movies are well aware without talking about science fiction or fantasy uh, because in my opinion so far in the last two three years science fiction and fantasy caught up with, uh, or sorry, reality caught up with science fiction and fantasy in terms mm -hmm. of technology and um, different type of uh, phenomena. Um, so in a way it's public, but as usual under the disguise of a movie or right. <laughs> a series, TV series. So we can get accustomed with this type of concept. 
Exactly. And I'm glad that I'm glad the concept's coming out. And is it that move? Is it the show where the person, the soul comes in right before the person's about to die and they save them from the death? Okay. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I think it's called Travelers or I'm not sure. I, yeah. I forgot to, to look into it, but I think so. Yeah. No, I love it. And I mean, I think that, um, that it's becoming more and more relevant right now, especially in this time, because we're in such an intense time for the earth and humanity. You know, you could call it end times. You could call it, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's an intense time. It's, it's unlike any time that's come before us. And because of the intensity of this time, there are souls like myself who participate instead of coming in as an infant, you know, or coming in as a, as a soul um, being birthed into a human body, we participate in a mature soul exchange. And so um, on the energetic levels, I agreed to come into this body on my birthday, May, May of 2003. And um, I remember vividly waking up and knowing that I was not the same soul that had inhabited the body. Like it was hard. I didn't know what had happened, but I knew I, I was like, where am I? What's going on kind of thing. And um, I immediately met my friend, John McMahon, who um, had also participated in the same sort of soul exchange at the same time. And we just started talking and here I'd been a lawyer, not really thinking about, you know, anything that metaphysical to all I wanted to talk about was uh, like spiritual things, metaphysics, philosophy. I was I just wanted to like scour the bookshelves and see what's out there that connected to this feeling that I had inside that I can only describe as like, you know, when you wake up from a dream and it's so vivid you could almost taste it. It's like you, it's so real, but you don't have the memory of it. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. It's that feeling like I had the energetic taste of the other side. And all I could do was scour every bookshelf looking for something that was a reflection of that. You know, I was trying to, to bring that reality, um, you know, into, into my concept of, of a world. And at the same time, you know, the benefit of coming in as an adult is that, you know, you don't have all of these years of uh, childhood and societal indoctrination where, you know, you, you basically unlearn all of your soul memories kind of, you know, and so I was able to come in with that fresh memory of what it was like and that energy really propelled me into writing books. I mean, I wrote, John had this beautiful um, condominium in, in Marina Del Rey that was shaped, it was in a, a triangle shape, you know, and it was so geometrically powerful right there near the ocean. And we just sat in there and just wrote with um, ink and, and paper, notebooks and notebooks that I still have of everything I could remember, drawings, um, you know, societies, words, um, yeah, languages. So, and he was remembering all of these technologies. And, and so it was just this, we felt like we 
had unlocked the grand unifying theory. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, it's like having this awareness of everything and it all making sense and just really trying to convey that um, somehow so that it it's like writing down your dream in a dream journal. You don't want to forget it. You know, it's right there. You can hold on to it. Yeah. <clears throat> Beautiful. And based your on your experience and John's experience, did you... Um, inherit any trauma from the previous uh, souls that trauma which kind of hinder you in in your spiritual development that's a great question um you know i yes i did you know i think that's part of coming in is just um you know you make the soul exchange but when you come in the the body and the personality that was in here before has already created karma and physical ailments and things and i had to just come in and start dealing with it. I mean, I came in and I immediately started doing Bikram yoga. Like I love hot yoga. I went from never doing yoga to just being a passionate, passionate Bikram yoga person. And um, so there were relationships that I had to resolve, relationship issues that I had to resolve. And then there are physical health issues that I feel like I've just now come through. You know, I had uh, breast cancer and And then I went through a double mastectomy, a complete hysterectomy now to feel like, okay, I've got control over this body. And, you know, I think I've cleared all the karma and now I'm just ready to really do my soul mission. So that's a really profound question. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you're able to, you know, identify this type of, uh, of trauma uh, because <clears throat> we carry those who don't come like you um carry this trauma from from previous lives and we have to to clear it through, yeah. through our existence so in your case was a little bit different yes it was indeed. a it was a little bit like that show travelers in a way is like all this stuff could have been crashing for a really bad end and i came in and i did kind of fix some things you know what i mean like things kind of smoothed out relationships smoothed out i changed directions in my life big time Um, so I think there is something to be said for that, but the clearing out trauma takes time, just like it does for anyone, you know, um, but, and there's not too much attachment to do I, did I create this myself or did I inherit it? It doesn't really matter, you know? Yes. And, um, the meaning of the background is because you have, um, let's say an attachment to, to whales and dolphins and you had some amazing experiences um, in certain um, some of your travelings and i really appreciate if you can share with us um, how you interacted with uh, with the whales uh, a while back and how that affected you you know spiritually it i have to say that swimming with the whales humpback whales in the wild was hands down by far the most amazing experience in my life. I would say number one, I, I just was, it was incredible. Um, when I first started down my soul mission of starting to write divine macroverse, um, I was contacted by someone in my soul family who I had sent a book to Benoit, who we ended up connecting. And he's like, you've got to come on this dolphin swimming trip that I'm going on. And I'm like, dolphin swimming trip. I never even thought of it, but I said, okay, I'll go. And that was my first experience with kind of meeting my soul family. We met with Joan Ocean who and John Luke Bazzoli. And 
it was just this powerful experience with all of these very humble, loving, advanced souls, you know, coming in in a very respectful way to swim with and interact with dolphins. We ended up swimming with pilot whales. It ended up being this whole experience. I fell in love with swimming with the dolphins and the whales. And it's so different. Like the dolphins are joyful and playful and the whales are this wise and majestic. Um, but it was at that time that I was like, I have to swim with dolphins and whales, like as much as humanly possible. And I signed up for a trip with Joan Ocean where we went to uh, Tahiti and Rurutu and swam with the whales. That was the first time that I ever looked a whale, a humpback whale in the eye. And it was by far the most transformative experience because it was just, it was at a moment where time just stopped. And I entered into this other dimension with the whale. And it was just, it's beautiful. It's profound. If you've never gone swimming with dolphins and whales in the wild, I highly recommend it. It is, it's life changing, you know, and it's the dolphins can sense anything going on in your body and just radar it, sonar it and boom, you're good to go. You know, (laughs) they're, they're quite the healers. So, um, if it's definitely, definitely something that you have you done? Have you done this, Claudio? No, no. And no. in fact, you are my second guest who I know of um, who swam with uh, with the whales and dolphins. And my first uh, guest is from France, a woman that's very interesting. And she jumped off the boat in the middle of the ocean just to be in the proximity of the whale so it wasn't anything organized and oh, then wow. the the guys on the boat realized that she she's gone and she just jumped <laughs> in the water and had they had to come back and pick her up <laughs> in the middle of nowhere so she's that you know wow. uh, eccentric mm-hmm. um, but again she had an amazing uh, experience and she never regretted it no, it's like if there's one thing that you want to try. It's just being in the presence of that a huge humpback whale. I mean, you think 60 feet long, how big that is. And they're right there and they're so gentle and they know exactly where their tail is and where you are. And they're so in control of, you know, not running into you or anything. And it's like they are high, high advanced beings. You know what I mean? And we're, I'm just grateful they're here on the planet with us. I hope we can learn from them. Yes. And we should stop more advanced than the humans. Yeah. And we should stop butchering them. And especially dolphins. Yeah. Oh, that don't even get me started. That's like, I can't even think about that. Yeah. I know you also traveled to to Egypt. It was on your um, to-do list. What was that experience for you? Oh, Oh, Egypt was so amazing. It was, it's like my home away from home. Um, The people, first off, the Egyptian people are just wonderful, lovely, you know, welcoming people who were embraced us wherever we went. And, you know, I feel like it's so funny because the whole like Egyptian government has this, you know, 
fake news about the pyramids, that that's the only thing you can hear when you go in the pyramids. So all of the, um, the people who are tour guides have to give the official version of whatever the government says. So anyway, when we went in, I was like, I don't want to hear what anyone's saying. I don't want to listen to this. I just want to be in my zone with the pyramids and, and the structures. And, you know, I came away from, from Egypt feeling like 100% earth has been way more advanced than we are now, like light years more advanced than we are now. We left or humanity left these pyramids to us to hopefully learn something from. I mean, all these inscriptions and all of the information contained in there and everything that they designed, it was all to tell us something. And we walk in there and we're so clueless. You know what I mean? It was like all this information just didn't jot what they were, the government saying, I'm like, no, that doesn't seem right. Like in my heart, I felt the power of what was left behind. And I was so blown away by how much of it had been um, like attempted to be defaced, you know, like through the years they defaced it or they redid the, the etchings and, and it, it to find something that hadn't been touched, that hadn't been ruined, you know, that was really powerful. So um, we got to meditate in the great pyramid by ourselves in the chamber. I was there with, uh, Dr. Beckwith, Michael Beckwith and, and a group. And it was, it was beautiful and, and life changing. And there's a sarcophagus in that chamber. And we were the only ones in the chamber and no one was in the sarcophagus. And I was like, well, I'm going to go lay down in it just for a minute. And I laid down in it. And one of the guards came over to say, Oh, you can't be in this, you know, one of the Egyptian guards. And he was yelling and I heard all this stuff going on. And then I got up and he just was silent and I walked off and he never said anything. And I was like, something happened in that sarcophagus. Like it was this transformative chamber, you know, and I came out and I felt like there was no negativity or anything. He just had to go away and everything flowed. So it was like magical moments of things happening one on top of the other. Um, I wish I could go back there every single year. Like it was, it's just a beautiful place, a powerful place and a really important, significant place spiritually for the planet. Yes. I mean, even recently I realized that when I visit these um, energy powerful places, I should be able to, to feel the energies. And I uh, kind of made a, a pact uh, with myself that I should go only if I feel that I am spiritually evolved in a way that I will be able to feel the energy and I'm not going there just as a tourist, but right. to, to a person who will be able to sense history and sense what happened in those uh, places. And kind of I, I'm working on myself to, to get to that <clears throat> level because there are so many interesting locations on Earth and, uh, you know, like Sedona, which uh, you live, where you live, um, that they have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of vortices and you have Peru, you have uh, Egypt, uh, a lot of places in South America. So we really have to, to, to go to these places with reverence and with a desire to, to feel it, not just taking pictures as a tourist. Well, and with a desire to almost leave behind everything we've been told about things. Do you know what I mean? It's like, 
we've been told so many things that aren't true that I, I mean, it's so imperative. And I would just say this to anyone watching this right now for people to really be in touch with their intuition, because it's our truth meter, you know, it's what lives inside of us to tell us when something's true or not. And, you know, there's so much of history. It's like, I don't want to hear what anybody's story is about history. You know, I just want to feel it myself. And I get more from closing my eyes and talking to my guides than I do from the news or anything that I'm going to read. Yes. And, and even, I mean, today I um, read something about the origin of the word kidnapper, kidnapping or kidnapper. Okay. And in fact, it's so disturbing what its origin is that I don't want to mention it here, but those who are interested, they should go into the etymology of, of this word and you'll see where it will lead you, what disturbing part of the Western history, especially UK history, will, uh, will lead you to. And then if your eyes will open up and your curiosity will be irked, then you can go down the, the rabbit hole, as they say, to find out more. Because this type of, or this side of history is not too much uh, promoted out there because doesn't um, serve a, uh, a specific uh, narrative. Mm -hmm. So Wow, that's fascinating. I'll definitely look that up. There's so much going on that, you know, it's just like, I don't like it's not a good feeling to feel like, you know, we're given limited information or it's just, I don't like to feel that my knowledge and understanding is all based on what someone's telling me. You know what I mean? And that was like one thing that was really powerful to me when I first kind of had that walk-in experience in 2003 is like, I couldn't find anything that seemed legitimate like everything I was like this doesn't seem real and I was going to you know the bookstores and I would look for the metaphysics section and I would pick up every single book and I'd feel it no no yeah something's in here do you know what I mean and I would try to like piece together truth because it was not easily had and um and so I think there's something really powerful to coming into our own authentic understanding of what truth is and where truth comes from, you know, and, you know, the idea that it comes from the water within us, I think is pretty powerful too. Yes. I would like to, um, to talk a little bit more about uh, your latest book, Soul Family, which is a fascinating book. And I encourage everyone to um, to read. I had the honor to write a review for for the book as well. And uh, before going deeper into uh, certain um, uh, soul family branches, um, give us a, a quick overview, please. So, um, well, basically, the book is, and I'm is kind of a little journey through how I discovered that we are all part of this bigger soul family. And, and it came across, it was kind of, it's my collection of my story of how I met different people from my soul family and different soul or different tribes of my soul family. And what I discovered is there are nine different tribes of a larger cosmic soul family. So like, when you pass on from this life, where are you going back to? Where's your soul from? And that's 
what I explored um, in this book. Yes, and what fascinated me, uh, the tribes, in fact, that uh, were quite, I was attracted to, are the galactic shamans, cosmic uh, cetaceans, and um, light dragons. Um, mm. Would you go a little bit deeper into these three, please? Oh, that's, that's powerful. Well, I mean, you know, um, the cosmic cetaceans, I'll talk about them first because I'm one. That's one of my soul tribes. And just to let people know who, who, if they don't know what we're talking about, I have a free quiz online that's called findmysoultribe.com. And you can go and take the quiz and it'll tell you your top two matches of all the nine tribes. What are the two matches? So you're mentioning um, the cosmic cetaceans. Those are people who are going to be naturally drawn to swimming with dolphins, swimming with whales, people who have to live by the water. You know, people, there are people who could never live in Sedona because it's not near the water. Um, but, you know, the cosmic cetaceans are going to be the people who are drinking harmonized water, putting crystals in their water, you know, um, talking to their water. Um, so it's the, the connection with the cetaceans is they're really, um, earth's record keepers. You know, they've been the gate gatekeepers to all of these ancient records that are being revealed to us now, ancient truths. So it's a really powerful tribe to be associated with. And, um, you, you definitely would know that you would have a love for the dolphins or the whales, or at least an interest in it. Um, and then you said something before like, oh, galactic shamans, galactic shamans. That's a really amazing group. And one I became intricately familiar with, with um, doing these seminars with Mally because she's the galactic shaman. And these are people who like the shamans of the earth know what directions and everything to put together to make things happen on the earth. Well, galactic shamans know, well, we've got to pull this in and pull this together to make big things happen, big changes. They know how energy moves from a galactic perspective. And so um, these are people who are going to, you know, have stones buried around their house and have a, uh, uh, a labyrinth or a medicine wheel or something that's going to connect you to the earth. People are very into creating um, ceremony to manifest change in this reality. So that's a powerful thing. It's kind of like a energy worker of, of the macroverse. And then light dragons, and I'm just jumping into this. I love this combination though. Light dragons, that is of all the nine tribes the rarest of any of them. Um, I've only met a handful of light dragons in my entire life. And John McMahon is a light dragon, one of them. And he has such powerful energy. And I could definitely see that connection with you too, because light dragons have a really um, important purpose on this earth. Um, and in fact, some people would say they're responsible for seeding the earth. And, um, the light, light dragons have so much power that their biggest, um, the biggest thing they're working with in their life is really how do they harness that power in a way that doesn't scare people, that other people can accept and receive because it's a lot of energy. So it's channeling it into things that can, people can um, absorb and accept. So in but other words, a lot of, 
there is a lot of loneliness out there for people who are light dragons because you don't have a lot of them. And so they can often just feel alone, you know, like, hey, I'm the only light dragon out here. It's not true. There's others, but it is it is a more lonely path. Yeah. So in other words, they are creators uh, against the um, regular um, thinking that they are destroyers. They are breathing fire and we should be afraid of them. We should embrace, in fact, their energies. Thank you so much for saying that. Because, And I think that goes to the fact that so much in this world, the earth experience is so upside down, you know, like 13 is a bad number when it's really a great number and dragons are bad when they're really amazing. So, you know, that was, that's something that came to me in divine macroverse was like dragons are not at all these like reptilian fire breathing monsters they're these beautiful amazing iridescent like the size of the earth kind of a being you know what i mean that kind of a dragon that can swim and fly and create worlds and um it's almost like it's been the idea of a dragon has been, I want to say it's been manipulated in a negative way, you know, to take the power away from the dragon, just similar to the way it's happened for women a lot too, you know, and it's like you take the most powerful thing and make it weak. Exactly. And it looks like a pattern, whatever can benefit humanity is being twisted. Mm -hmm. So the perception goes against that particular concept <clears throat> power personality so we stay away and live in fear exactly so true so it's like those are the things i kind of get interested in i'm like what you know what am i told i'm not supposed to be interested in because those are the things that are probably be the juiciest <laughs> and in fact my first guest on this podcast frederick lerman he has a affinity for dragons and um, every time we meet he drops a story about dragons, how he saw an etherical dragon during a Qigong uh, session or, you know, with, who, with his master. Or, so he looks or he sees dragons uh, almost everywhere, you know, based on his personality, based on his experience, experience and spiritual development he sees these entities now and then. And uh, he was kind enough to, to share some uh, with me in, in private. Wow, that's powerful. I wonder if he's a light dragon. I will ask him to do the yeah. test. Do, <laughs> I'll do. meet him tonight and I'll ask him to do the test. Okay. <laughs> um, how one can, I mean, you mentioned that uh, if one wants to identify uh, his or her own uh, soul tribe, uh, they can go to that website and take the, the quiz. The website is uh, www.findmysoultribe.com. <clears throat> and it's, you know, give yourself like 15, 20 minutes to really sit with the, the quiz. It's, it's kind of extensive, but um, don't overthink it. Answer with your gut answer with your gut because that's where you're going to get the best answers and the results will tell you a little bit about the two tribes that you uh relate to and if you want to know more you can check out soul family um but it's it's really useful for people who are feeling alone on their spiritual path because 
like for me, I felt so alone on my path writing divine macroverse. And then I met the cosmic cetacean group and I, it, it was like, it gave me so much more energy for life to connect with them. I was like, these are my light and, 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 and fun. And I mean, like everyone was laughing the whole time and giggling. And I was like, they were my people, you know, they were just, they were light. They were like dolphins. And, um, so I think it's really important because people are going to say, you know what? I know now why I really connect with that person or maybe why I don't connect as much with this person. And it gives you some sort of understanding as to what's going on and why that's happening and why those connections are or aren't happening. Yes. And, and to summarize it, in fact, if we all understand our purpose or what uh, family or tribe we belong to, life will be much more fulfilling. We will be able to, to really enjoy it without worrying about uh, insignificant things. And that's why, again, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating myself. We have to pursue a spiritual development. Doesn't, I mean, has nothing to do with religion. It's about who we really are in order to, to live that fulfilled life and uh, you know, with, with our family, with our friends, but we'll, be a, we'll have a different perspective of life if we understand its meaning and our own purpose. It, it's almost like what, what is the value of, of life if you did not have any spiritual journey? Do you know what I mean? It seems like you kind of missed it. You're going to have to come back and do it again. I mean, that is the essence of this life experience in, in my, from my perspective is the spiritual journey and for me, um, courage to walk that path as authentically as possible so that other people can, because like at the end of the day, is it going to matter how much money you made or what car you drove or any of the, what job you had, none of that's going to matter. You won't even think of it again. But when you're sitting on your deathbed, you're going to, or lying on it, you're going to go, you know what, did I do what I came here to do? Right. That's the, to me, that's, that's huge. That's everything. And living a life not connected to your soul mission is almost like, why are you living? That's in my mind. It's like, that's the only thing that matters, the most important thing. And, you know, even with my mom passing, you know, that was such a spiritual um, experience for me because she, she passed in 2018 and, you know, she came through so clearly and, and, and talked to me about what the other side was like and right before she died. I was like, mom, okay. You know that I can channel, I can talk. You're about to go to the other side. We knew she was going. I was like, you have to promise me. You're going to come and tell me everything you can tell me. I promise. She's like, I promise. I had witnesses, my aunt, like she promised. And boom, as soon as she passed, she came right to me and I wrote and wrote and wrote everything that she said. And it, it's just the, the thing that she said is like, she, she wishes she would have not had negative feelings towards people when she died. She wishes she would have resolved all of that prior to dying. And um, it, it really gave me another sort of like, more fuel to know that the most important thing is following your soul mission, you know, 
but doing what you came here to do. And so anyway, I just, I hope that, that anyone who reads the book or takes the quiz will say, you know, what, what am I here on this earth to do? Like, it, like, what is it that I, that's like my special talent? What is it that is my special gift that I can contribute to, to feel, to feel like I gave part of my soul you know, I contribute a part of who I am on a deep basis to the earth. And I, and I affected it in a positive way somehow. That's the goal, right? Yes. And you mentioned uh, the rich guys, you know, lying on their um, deathbed. And I, we heard stories when they said, I will give up everything for another day on this earth for, for a week or for a month just for them to to go back maybe to the basics of life and enjoy something that they didn't have the time to enjoy regardless of how much wealth they they have right and you just like you see you know even when you look at ants and you see them all going around so fast it's like we're just like ants you know we're just running here and there and going and it's like what are we doing you know stop let's i mean let's just stop and let's talk only about the things that really, really matter. And man, like let's connect with people who are part of our soul family so that we're in that space of things that really matter all the time, you know? And that's why it's nice to connect with you because you're part of my soul family too. And it just feels so good to, to know of all the things you're doing to help the planet and to raise awareness, you know, for for anyone watching the show or anyone who reads your books. So. Thank you. And, and I mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, movies giving us a hint about <clears throat> the reality pretty much or what's coming. And um, I um, recently rewatched um, Jupiter Ascending. Um, okay. And I watched it with a different eye this time. And it's about this girl from a Russian family, which can barely wakes up in the morning is part of the like um, uh, her family cleans up homes so she pretty much does the the bathrooms clean up the toilets and she hates her life and then she has a very transformative experience where she is being kidnapped because she is the former queen um, which came uh, reincarnated in a human body and she has to claim earth as her own inheritance and when she understands what's going on on earth and how uh, important earth is for the whole universe mm. um, she doesn't make any claim that earth is hers but understands the meaning of life and what she can do for earth then she's the first one to wake up in the morning she's the first one not to complain about her life she's the first one to finish scrubbing the toilets because now she has a much uh, more powerful uh, and meaningful life overall. That scrubbing the toilet activity is nothing compared to what she can do behind the scene to help mm. her um, human fellows. Um, so that's a very powerful message if you don't look at the movie from just an entertainment perspective. I love that. You know, just having... Um 
Well, uh, you know, one movie, what, when you're mentioning movies, one movie that comes to mind, have you seen that movie, uh, Bliss? It's an Amazon movie and it's got like Salma Hayek and Owen Wilson in it. Yes. It's, um, it's not like going to win an Academy Award or anything. It's not like one of those movies, but it's a great movie where, you know, Salma Hayek's like a homeless lady and Owen Wilson has this terrible job and he's like, they're kind of miserable and they meet in a bar and, and he's, he's, he's like, man, you know, she's like, come see my homeless area. And she's, he's like, you're just this homeless lady. And anyway, he's, he's like, this is like, he really believed what he was seeing. And she, she said, no, I want you to see reality. And she has these little crystals. They put them in their nose and they wake up. And the reason I mentioned this movie, Claudio, is because it was like, there's so few movies that actually have a positive spin, you know, on the future or what could be. And this one did. So they wake up from this awful world and it's like beautiful sunlight coming in and rainbows and it's, Oh, Dr. Such and such and Dr. Such and such. And they're wearing beautiful clothes. And it's like, they, they have a gorgeous home overlooking the water and everything's perfect. And he's like, wait, what just happened? And basically she created this game so that you would appreciate reality more. So he had been in the game and he, he's like, it works. I appreciate this. I never want to go back to the game. But what it, it seemed to me was like, my mom kind of said when I was watching it, she's like, that's kind of what it's like. It's like when you die, you just take off your virtual reality mask or whatever you want to call it. And you're out of the game now. You know what I mean? You're back in reality. Um, so I don't know. In some ways, I think these movies are are opening us, you know, slowly opening us to a point where we are maybe going to be able to break out of the system, you know, which is exciting. Yes. <clears throat> Rainy, how much quantum manifestation is part of your uh, life these days? Wow. You know, I mean, I'd like to say a lot. <laughs> I just, if... You know, I just, I remember like not even knowing what the word quantum meant when I was writing water code. I'm like quantum, it kind of means small, I guess, you know, um, but just re really understanding that um, it's so important to have that balance of the inner worlds in addition to the outer world. So the microverse and the macroverse states of being and non-being. Um, so I, I love working on the quantum planes, the quantum realms, because I think that's where, that's where everything starts. You know, anything physical begins from the quantum. So, um, you know, just to bring this back to reality for people. Okay. Like it's kind of like when you start a exercise regimen, and you start working out, you're working out really hard and you're doing all this stuff and you're, you've done all the work, but you don't see any results yet. You know, it's like that. It doesn't mean you didn't do anything. It just meant what you're doing is starting to work on the quantum levels before it comes and manifests itself physically. Yeah. So it's just remembering that that's where things are happening before they come in, into something we can see, touch, hold, you know. Yes, and we have to be very um, organized or um, sustaining this type of quantum manifestation in order for the manifestation to, to happen. 
<clears throat> it can just give up two days later or three days later. It has to be sustained by effort and feeling, especially by feeling. And it's the key. It's like when you're starting to say the affirmations, like, you know, I, I am a successful writer, whatever you want your affirmation to be. You can't say, well, I don't believe that, you know, I'm, I'm giving up. That's not true. You got to keep saying it and believing it. And then it happens because it all is working on those quantum quantum levels before it's manifesting. So that's precisely the point where we want to give up, you know, that we have to just go deeper and believe more. Yes. Rini, how much your programs have changed over the last uh, two years? They've changed quite a bit. Um, you know, I, my offerings as far as coaching programs, you know, I was doing a lot of individual and, and then I started offering more kind of day programs for coaching. Um, I just, I decided I wanted to make myself available for what people needed. So I have some, I have some online programs that are, people can do without me being involved at all. So I wanted that to happen. Uh, I've got a website, watercodewisdom.com, or people can get certified like in the 13 chakras or, um, you know, they can, uh, download a meditation of the 13 chakras and stuff like that. So my programs are becoming a little more hands-off, but at the same time, I want to always make myself available to people who, who are in need. Like, I mean, I know what it felt like to, to say, like, I feel like I'm alone on my spiritual journey and I don't have anyone telling me anything other than be quiet. Don't talk about it. It's too weird, you know? And so to have somebody out there that you can just, who can reflect back at something that's positive and, and, and helpful, you know, that's so meaningful to me. And it's so fulfilling to do that in my life. Um, so when people come to me and need assistance, I, I do make myself available. I do love helping people, um, you know, and, and so my programs, I think, are becoming um, both at the one hand more hands off. And at the other hand, I do want to just always make myself available so for people in need. Because, you know, I think about like when I first started, the people who influenced me, like I would have just like what it would have meant to me to have them just say something or guide me or anything like it would have helped so much. And so I want to make sure that I'm available for people and they don't feel like I'm blew them off. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So everyone check Rini's programs on uh, the websites she mentioned and uh, please reach out um, to her. Rini, we are approaching the end of the, the interview. Any final thoughts? Well, I just think it'll be interesting to see where we're at two years from now. You know, it's like, okay, 2020, 22, let's see where we are in 24 and hopefully we'll be out of this whole mess. Um, you know, from from a world perspective and in this whole new liberated reality, you know? Um, but my final thoughts would just, just be for, for anyone out there who's felt kind of the pressure of, um, of life and duty and obligation pressing down on you and feeling that you're just like running on a hamster wheel and, and, you don't know how to get off. Um, I would just say there's always a way off and there's always a way 
to find your soul mission and your most authentic path. And, and um, I just want to give everyone that confidence that, you know, they have a soul mission and it's easy to find and their life is going to be much more fulfilling once they're on their soul mission, if they're not already. Um, that's kind of the thing you want to do when you're on your deathbed is like, did I fulfill my soul mission? Did I do what I came to earth to do? And so I would just encourage people to think about that, ask themselves that question so that they have the opportunity to do that before, before their time comes. Rainy, thank you very much for your uh, message. Thank you for uh, your time today. Um, all the best and we'll, we'll keep in touch. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to talking with you again. And um, to my uh, viewers, thank you for watching. Share it, like it. Uh, visit uh, my website and download a free copy of my book. Support me on uh, patreon.com slash Chloe Murgan. Until next time, love and gratitude.